Bad in a Podcast, sponsored by Flyro. This podcast is sponsored by Flymo, home of the hover and the only garden brand that my nan will use. Don't bother asking her about the rest. She only wants a Flymo. My nan loves them. My mum and dad love them. I love them. Everything I've had from Flymo is quality, it's affordable, and it's designed to make caring for your garden easy. From the robotic, which will literally just do the work for you, that's my sort of gardening, to the hovers that will literally glide over the grass, cut it for you, sorted. Anything that makes tidying your garden quickly and easily is a win in my book. Now, my nan bought my hover for me about 10 years ago, probably went old school and got it from a shop, and you can do the same. Or you can hit the link in the description, flymo.com. You get free delivery on all orders over 45 quid. You can't ask better than that. Get it delivered. Get that grass cut. Today's podcast is the best bits from last night's show. We are live every Monday to Thursday, 8 till 10, on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, Anywhere, are we anywhere else? Them, just them places at the moment. If you want to watch, if you want to get involved, if you want to phone in, Monday to Thursdays, 8 till 10. Yes, now I think we, I think we can just about hear you. I think the video is like a little bit lagging behind, all right? Scotland's very far away. <laughs> it's like I'm speaking to you in Australia. <laughs> Scotland is far away from you. <laughs> I have to, is it? Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, uh, we got got you on here because I want to talk about, obviously, kids gardening. But, Helen, I found you on instagram how do we how do we say that again how do we find each other on insta so i basically uh during lockdown very cliche uh i was stuck at home with three children under five and my husband's a doctor so he was obviously working uh, and I was home alone so the garden became a bit of a sanctuary uh, and stopped me from going mad to be honest (laughs) and we set up basically a project throughout the whole of lockdown where we we did bug hotels we did a huge kitchen garden where we've grown everything from carrots to pumpkins tomatoes you name it um, so basically it was a bit of escapism and I started documenting it on Instagram and uh, the kids were just blown away with it throughout the whole of lockdown. It really was an absolute saviour. It's such a cliche, but um, it really, really saved us. It really, really did. And as a result, to keep the legacy going, because I don't think gardening should just be for lockdown, um, we have kept it going and we are starting a basically a, a school gardening club in our in our school 
um, as well because lots of parents have also found that they've spent a lot of time at home in their gardens with their kids so yeah that's it in a nutshell really because <laughs> before that you were like all in about getting kids into like cooking right yeah so I'm a I'm quite fortunate I'm a I'm a farmer's daughter but uh, I left the countryside when I was 17 so we've lived in I've lived in Edinburgh and London and now in Glasgow so uh, my main thing is to get kids cooking but yeah. to sort of educate about where their food comes from so that's one of the silver linings about lockdown is I think more people have become a bit more appreciative of where their food comes from I think to be honest um, and even growing it even if it is just on your windowsill or your balcony because I'm aware that not everyone is fortunate enough to have their own garden um, especially in big sort of built up areas as well so we've lived in London and I know what it's like to have kids and, and no garden like it's it's difficult um, yeah. we're lucky we've got space but uh, we don't live in the countryside anymore, but I'm aware when I was a kid growing up, um, I knew what, where my food comes from. And I think I took that for granted. And it's not until I've had my own kids and we've lived in cities that you're aware of kids around you don't actually realise where their tomatoes and cucumbers that they buy off the supermarket shelf come from. Mm. Um, it really surprised me every day. So, yeah. I think um, I think there is definitely there's schools out there that do really really well at it and um, yeah, but there's a lot of schools and a lot of children that still don't really know and I think sometimes forget even I forget that sometimes like I I get to see some great schools doing stuff and kids knowing sometimes more than me, <laughs> um, which is great. But there's also loads of kids like like my daughter like just teaching my daughter she's five and sometimes i don't know maybe it's just me as a parent but sometimes i just think well of course she knows it's come from the ground but it's not until she like, starts asking questions that i'm a bit like oh yeah oh yeah i've not really you know I mean, of course you're not gonna know that totally totally but i think it comes down to resources as well and schools are really tight on resources and the teachers have got obviously targets to reach in other areas so i think time is is a big thing so I think if people do have the time and can volunteer and certainly I've volunteered and given up my time to decide to help start a school garden uh, amongst everything else I've got to do <laughs> but I think it's really worthwhile and I think it's something for time in I'm back <laughs> you can you hear me hello can you see me all right? You're back. Sorry. <laughs> Go on, sorry, you were saying? I'm just saying it's, it's a resource and time thing, and teachers don't. They're, they're pressed for time and financially as well. Those are tight on cash, and I think probably more now than ever as well, given the current sort of situation that's evolving as well. But I think the other thing is, like, if you do have even the tiniest bit of space at schools, I think it's not only teaching them, but it's also so good for their sort of mental health and emotional health as well, to be honest. I think that's the thing yeah. that I've found, even um, gardening in the last six months has really helped uh, my own mental health during lockdown. Uh, so I can speak with experience about that um, from a sort of depression and anxiety point of view. 
So, and I think kids benefit from, they behave much better when they're outside. I know my three certainly do. Yeah. Um, so I think from a sort of emotional well-being point of view as well for kids to get into gardening. Um, and that's something I would really love to be able to sort of push and make people more aware of. Because um, I know for a lot of people, school is all about academia and getting results. But there's a lot of kids out there that that's just not their thing. And they're more practical and they're better with their hands as well. And they find enjoyment in other ways that gardens are able to provide them with that enjoyment um, yeah, as well. That's really, that's really not being pushed enough, I don't think, um, that side, especially like the, the well-being side of it for, for children and, and parents, like you say. Like, I don't feel like that's talked about enough. Yeah, no, totally. I think it is something that... It's like anything with mental health, though. There's this taboo that's always, although there has been a huge amount of improvements made and people do talk about it more, but it's still there, uh, to be honest. But I mean, I'll speak quite openly about the fact that I sort of, I had postnatal depression and anxiety and I have found over the last year, essentially the garden has allowed me to sort of, it's provided a distraction, like just going out, you just forget about things, whether you're sowing seeds or you're watering or you're weeding, actually, to be honest. And when you're with the kids in the garden, then you're completely distracted. And that's certainly what I found during lockdown was this distraction that we had created, but we were actually, we were creating something as well, um, yeah. which is fab. It's so worthwhile um, while they're so little as well, because I'm sure they won't be interested in gardening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when they're teenagers or maybe they will but uh, they might have other how, distractions. how old are your children uh, five three and one wow <laughs> i've got one five-year-old helen and that is enough so you're very brave <laughs> brave or daft i'm not sure yeah. <laughs> oh 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 it's me, Father Christmas. It's very early, but I'm coming very soon in December to deliver all the kiddies their presents. And I know exactly what they want. So maybe before it sells out, will it sell out? Probably not. But, but if it does, then you'll be very disappointed. So I'm here to tell you that if you want to get your hands on how to get kids gardening with that great skinny jean gardener, then you need to head over to amazon.co.uk because Christmas is coming and you don't want to miss out on creating fabulous memories in the garden with your family. So, how to get kids garden with the skinny jean gardener? Available right now. Ho, ho, ho! <laughs> uh, have, you, have you found, like, through lockdown, from doing gardening, all, all of you together, like, it's brought you a little, like, closer? Oh, totally. Absolutely. It's been, even my husband's got involved in it. And, uh, I mean, I think the one thing, we've been able to try new things that we probably wouldn't have done, perhaps. So, we've been growing pumpkins uh, which has probably been the highlight for me, yeah, which I have one, so hold on, because it's quite exciting. I'm very proud of the pumpkins. Oh. <laughs> this is our... Whoop, I don't know if you can see that. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Uh, so this is our Crown Prince pumpkin. So we're quite lucky. There's There's quite a few pumpkin farms up in Scotland now, and uh, there's one uh, farm over in East Lothian, uh, just outside Edinburgh, and they do um, culinary pumpkins. Um, so they actually grow pumpkins specifically for cooking with. Uh, oh. And lots of kids 
know where even pumpkins came from as well or that you could eat the seeds or what you could do with it so I uh, last year I did a pumpkin masterclass at our nursery and we made pumpkin and apple muffins and we did stuff with the seeds and stuff so um so yeah we grew these ones they're called crown prince pumpkins uh turns out pumpkins are very hard to grow we did we had three <laughs> and we've got three fruit and I had 15 rotten ones uh, so the slugs like them and they don't like wind and they don't like wet weather and we live in the west of Scotland and it rains a lot in the west of Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're a diva plant aren't they? But a really cool thing to grow especially like obviously now coming into October we can use our own pumpkins whether it's for the door or for carving and then we can make our soup so yeah it's cool really cool it's so, it's so strange though like around i don't know like the end of august september time i always get asked oh when wh shall we start sowing our pumpkins soon because everyone knows that halloween's coming i'm a bit like you're 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 really late you've you got <laughs> like everyone just thinks oh halloween i must grow a pumpkin i must grow a pumpkin uh, but trying to explain to people, oh, you've really got to start thinking like February, March time about this sort of thing. Start thinking about Halloween then. I think that's the thing. I think people just think of gardening sort of like in the summertime, but it's it's a whole year thing. And even now, like you don't put the garden to bed. You sort of think about spring. And I think that's the other thing about gardening. It's like it does provide that sort of hope for you as well, like planting seeds and planning and there's something quite reassuring about that as well. And I think that's something that's been quite uh, important during lockdown um, is that the seasons are still turning. And I know it's been spoken about lots, but um, it's such a cliche, but it's so true. And it's the same about this like month planting daffodils and tulips and uh, everything else because you're getting ready for spring. So spring will be here and the situation might be better for us all come April. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like that. Yeah, because I'll, I'll tell my friends like, oh, I'm I'm planting tulips and stuff. Like me and Olive love planting tulips. I'm, I must do it this, um, soon because it's like the best thing for her to do. But I tell my mates that I'm doing it ready, for, and they'll pop up in the spring. They're like, "Oh, you're planning that far ahead." I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's what you do. Like, it's good. It makes it also gets you excited. Like you say, like next year's coming. Like good good times. Fingers crossed, going to be here." Yeah, no. I Absolutely. No, we did that last week. We did our, our tulips and our daffodils. And uh, yeah, it's really exciting. The kids love doing that, planting bulbs. And it's quite easy to do as well for kids as well. It's not too yeah. difficult. No, they can't really go too wrong with it, can they? <laughs> but yeah, no, so it's good. So there's lots of stuff to do, even over autumn and into winter as well. So yeah, it's, there's with, plenty um, to go. Don't put it No. With um, pumpkins, like... Uh, you really t touched on it briefly, but um, a lot of children don't know you can eat pumpkins. I remember telling Olive the first time that we were going to cook a pumpkin. She was like, "What? Like, what's going on? Like, what is the best things we can we can cook up with pumpkins for like kids?" Yeah, so basically, the key is you can eat all pumpkins. It doesn't matter what size. The big, big ones, although you can eat them, they're quite watery. So you want to go for a smaller pumpkin um, yeah. where this quite thin. So I would, and you can roast them all. And that, the green one, the Crown Prince one, you can roast and eat the skin and everything just with olive oil roasted for 45 mm. minutes. Scoop the seed and it is delicious. And it's also, you can just blitz it 
and make it into a soup with onions, carrot, and a good vegetable stock. Uh, we quite like um, pumpkin and apple cake as well. So just Ooh. roast the and then puree it and um, add with stewed apples as well. So that's that's another good one. But basically, you can have it roasted with chickpeas, um, sausages, roasted with sausages uh, and brambles on top because still lots of brambles going about as well at the moment, which is a good one for kids to get out and doing a bit of foraging. Um, so yeah, the, the possibilities are are endless with pumpkins. Honestly, there's a, there's a whole cookbook out there just on pumpkins. <laughs> really? <laughs> pumpkin pie, uh, pumpkin frittatas, uh, if you've got any potatoes left over as well, do anything with it. Um, they're really tasty. As long as you get the right the right kind, not too big, go smaller, uh, and it's much tastier and less watery. Um, but there's a few varieties to look out for if you're lucky enough. So Crown Prince, uh, Tractor, and Kabocha are three very tasty pumpkins that you can get hands on. Yeah. Where's, I think where's even that? the supermarkets are, are getting a bit better at sort of selling sort of smaller squashes as well. But if you're planning on planting any for next year then they they would be my three varieties to plant they, they sell them so cheap at, um at supermarkets i don't know how the farmers make any money oh i know but farmers don't make a lot of money anyways mm, that's a good point <laughs> that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah so that's a good one yeah you can totally roast that we'll be roasting it don't worry I'm all over that. <laughs> uh, um, Alan, when you obviously you got um, got this, like gardening throughout lockdown, so when you come and started getting back into school, and like I'm going to start a gardening club. How? What sort of reaction did you get for that? So we were really lucky. The PTA um, were really on board, and um, before lockdown, they were sort of thinking about starting something similar. So there was an appetite. But um, we we just basically gathered together a group of like-minded people. And the week before before our schools went back, because our schools started back in August, we went into the school grounds and we weeded it all. And there was a big area that was totally overgrown. And we just weeded it with the kids and we planted some sort of annuals and perennials that were good to go in the ground and um, set up some herbs, uh, hang, hanging herbs, and redid some containers as well, just so that it looked a bit more presentable for everyone coming back. And the reaction was really good. So from that, we then spoke with the head mistress, and there's actually, our school's got two sort of courtyard gardens, but they've just been left to sort of go, uh, just because there's not been anyone who's had the time to sort of teach or the interest even as well because you do have to have an interest in it I think so the reaction has been really positive because the school have got people who want to get on board and the kids I think there's an appetite for the kids as well so our plan for the next three months is to gut the two courtyard gardens because they, they need sorted but there's so much potential all the raised beds are there it just needs people with a bit of time and an inclination to sort of steer the ship so to speak and get it going so we're hoping by spring 
then we'll be good to go um, with a sort of weekly a weekly club, and it'll be built into the curriculum as well. I think uh, for certain year groups, would, would it be like an after school club, or would it be during during the the day? Hope is for it to be an after school club, but I think that'll all depend on restrictions because at the moment we're not allowed after school clubs or anything like that. Um, right. But I think. The curriculum in Scotland, I think it is built into the curriculum the, of excellence, I think. I'm not a teacher, but uh, that's my understanding. So I think primary six, I think it is part of the curriculum. I would love to go in, but I just, we're, our hands are tied at the moment just because of social distancing and, um, and all that, which makes it really hard, which is such a pity as well. Yeah, I bet. So do, do, do get when the kids are at school, do they get to do much with the garden, or is it just at the moment just something that you start like main? I don't know. Actually, no, because my youngest has just started school this year, um, and it, I've gone in and helped them in the nursery uh, in the past. But at the moment, I mean, I think they have done a bit, but there's there's not a huge amount, but there's definitely potential because everything's there. It just needs a bit of TLC, and then it'll be yeah. great to go. Ask me in six months' time, <laughs> next April. <laughs> have you need, have you needed like much um, like funds or anything to start it off? Is it all just time from people? I think it's mostly time, and we sent out emails and text messages to various WhatsApp groups, and people were dropping off bulbs and seeds and compost and everything. Like it's been great. Like so, people are willing to sort of give and and give their time as well. So. I think if you just ask, I think that's the key. If you ask and you've got a small number of people who are willing to put in the time, then I think great things can happen from not very much, to be honest. Uh, yeah. And I subscribe to a magazine that provides plenty of free seeds every month. So I could literally feed the community <laughs> for the next year. <laughs> There's without doubt plenty of parents that any school that have got loads and loads of seeds that are just sitting there waiting for something to happen to that's no problem it's I, it's it's about bringing people together that's what you're doing really isn't it it's bringing parents and everyone together to do it i think that's the thing about a garden about gardening even like on your street like a garden no matter what your job is or where you come from it's just like a point of interest and it brings people together um, I didn't really know our neighbour until lockdown and I saw her every single day and we talked about gardening every single day, <laughs> which was great. And we, we like we talked about our disasters and what was failing and what was thriving. And I, I think that's what gardening is, a sort of shared interest that brings people together. Um, nobody's an expert. Well, there are experts, but we, we're all learning as you're going along. <laughs> I certainly am. Definitely. So, yeah, that's I what I'm hoping that garden does it brings the sort of community together and it, it might have a bigger community uh, impact as well if we're able to grow um lots of veg and fruit as well because it's a huge area so there's definitely potential definitely other than like time from people like what things um what things can you envisage envisage in the future like you'll you'll be needing like to like keep it going i think a steady stream of volunteers. Uh, I've been looking into grants that might be available through the council. There's also renewable energy companies that also sort of give out grants for sort of community projects that we've sort of been researching into as well. Um, and any other sort of community groups like the secondary schools do Duke of Edinburgh. 
um, stuff where they come and help with school projects and gardening projects. So that's the sort of avenues that we're, that we're going down to sort of get support for the long term. That was really good. I can't wait to see what you get up to. I really can't. <laughs> how's your how's your garden looking at the moment after after you've uh, spent lockdown uh, growing? How's it looking now? Yeah, there's uh, very big sunflowers. I've never seen sunflowers quite so large, monstrous. Uh, I think the the key to that is sheep dung uh, from my dad's farm. That is the key. I'm going to sell it, and that is how. I'm going to make my fortune is selling sheep manure. <laughs> oh, Helen, you say that right. Once upon a time, I had a garden shop. I sold the only thing that sold so well was alpaca poo. So you could really? be onto a win there. I like that. I could be, I could be make my millions <laughs> next yeah, spring. Cross. Yeah, sheep poo sorted. So yeah, we've still got leeks in the ground. We're going to plant some garlic this week as well for next year. And there's still cauliflower and cabbage. Kale got totally demolished by slugs. Didn't get past the first hurdle. Uh, but we've stripped a lot back. We've um, we've removed quite a lot of the stuff and uh, put some mulch over some of, of the raised beds as well just to prep uh, for the next year. So, But very few weeds. So that's good. Very few weeds. Biggest, <laughs> um, yeah, sounds it. Biggest um, tip as a mother, of, especially of three, um, to get the children out there. Like, what's what's your um, what things have you learned over the past few months that really helps them get out there and get amongst it and enjoy it? Don't force it. Don't create sort of like a structure for them. Like, let them sort. It sounds like again so cliche. Let it happen organically. Um. I think if they see you doing something, if you take the lead, they'll sort of follow and come and sort of like inspect what you're doing and just let them get dirty and roll their sleeves up and get amongst it. And don't be precious because they will stand over stuff. They'll squish stuff. They'll move stuff. And that has happened and it continues to happen. And um, But just let them be curious as well. Let them get amongst it and uh, just sort of plow through and, look at worms and pull stuff out and um, i think that's the key thing and don't be afraid to experiment as well with them because uh, that's half the fun and they'll have their own ideas as well um which is lovely like we gave them their own area where they could do stuff and make their own pond um and that just allows them to sort of explore as well um but with three boys they didn't want a fairy garden they decided to make a dinosaur garden uh not that I'm gender stereotyping, but uh, so that's another thing. We gave them an area and they, they they made stuff out of wood and bricks and they planted wild seeds. And then it sort of literally grew into this sort of wild, sort of bee friendly space. But it was for their toy dinosaurs. So that was quite cool. That was a good idea. What's been the most wildest idea they've had? The wildest idea? Oh, gosh. I don't actually know, to be honest, without making something <laughs> up. <laughs> but they love it. They're curious and they're at that age where they're still they're quite they're just innocent which i think is really and they've got a genuine interest so i'd quite like to hold on to that uh because they don't stay small forever sadly <laughs> i wish i wish um helen you've got uh, an awesome blog as well yeah it's all right i don't, I don't do as much writing anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, oh. i take 
over lockdown, it became a bit more focused on gardening, uh, slowly turning into my mum, because uh, my mum and my gran were, they're very good gardeners. I mean, very, very good gardeners. Um, but yeah, so it was just a way to sort of document it. But I've always written about foods and sort of developed my own recipes. So basically now the blog, The Gingerbread Woman, because uh, I'm ginger and I like cooking bread once upon a time. Uh, so the blog now just charts our progress in the garden and recipes with what we're cooking in the garden, basically. So, yeah. That's awesome. And your Mrs. Helen Cross on um, on the Instagram. Instagram. I'm like my mother-in-law, but yes, I am at Helen, Helen Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Helen, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. It's lovely to meet you in it's, the yeah, flesh. The best we're going to get at the moment. But next year, hopefully, we'll we'll bump into each other somewhere along the line. Yeah, come up to Scotland, do a tour up in Scotland. Yeah, let's. Yeah, I need to do that next year. I fingers crossed we can get back to some sort of normality. But um, who knows, Helen? We'll 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 uh, we'll do it. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thank you, Lee. Thanks, Bye. Helen. Thank you. And there we go, everybody. Helen Cross uh, on the show. Thank you so much, Helen, for coming on. If you want to find out more about Helen, it is Mrs. Helen Cross on the Instagram or the, Bringer, the, the Gingerbread Woman uh, on uh, the the internet. Go go read the blogs. Go follow that journey. Uh, really great, really, for me to... For, I hope you've enjoyed that as well, by the way. <laughs> but for me, just know... Um, from a parent's side of things, uh, how that's working, how to get kids, how to get that into schools. Uh, it's a difficult thing, isn't it, to to rock up as parents say, yeah, what's going on? We're going to do we're going to do some gardening here and then bring everyone together. I mean, everyone, if you're if you're a parent, you'll know there's the old uh, the WhatsApp groups going about but bringing those people together for one great cause to get gardening to schools uh, is awesome. And uh, I know. Let's see how we get on. I, I think we'll get Helen back on, let's say, next March time. See if we can follow that story and see how they're going on at that school. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you fancy giving it a review, then five stars only. You know the score. Just five stars. Write what you want after that, can't you? But five stars in your podcast app. Uh, thanks to Flymo, flymo.com for all your Flymo needs. And uh, yeah, if you want to get in contact, it's lee at skinnyjeangarner.co.uk or on the socials. And remember, we go live Monday to Thursday, 8 till 10 on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube and Twitter. This is a Skin and Jean Gardener podcast sponsored by Flyro.